you, Lord, for the moisture. It, we're so blessed to have a wet year because Mike said the drought's over. The drought's over. It is finished. Yes. Well, I want to talk some more about our hearts. You know, we've been talking about resurrection and the new resurrected life. And I think I started two or three weeks ago on talking about the, the new heart. See, it's important that we understand something. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who shall know it? You know, we remember in Genesis chapter 6, God said he saw the wickedness of man, and it was great upon the earth, and that the imagination of man's heart was on evil continually. And it grieved God's heart that he had made man. Catch it? So the heart is deceitful. Now, this is the problem. For years, you know, because we read certain scriptures that he heals the brokenhearted, we sang that just a while ago. He binds up the brokenhearted, Luke 4.18. But see, there's something we have to understand. It took me a lot of years to understand this, that the old heart is deceitful. And that's why God said, now catch it, Ezekiel 36.26, Behold, I give you a new heart. And a new spirit. And I'll take away the stony heart. And I'll give you a heart of flesh. And I'll put my spirit within you. And cause you to walk in my ways. That's why we call it the great exchange. See for years. We used to sing those songs. I still like them. Change my heart oh God. Make it ever true. Make me more like you. Well. Only problem is you can't make that old heart like him. He has to give us <clears throat> a new heart. Jeremiah 24, 7, it says, I will give you a heart to know me. And I'll put my words in your hearts and in your minds. Let's read those in, in uh, Hebrews. <clears throat> okay, that's Jeremiah 24, 7. But let's go to Hebrews chapter 8. <clears throat> I think I'll have a drink. <clears throat> yes. 8.10. For this is a covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days. And I asked Kent while I was sitting at the table, didn't I, Kent? What does after those days mean? And I got my own answer. Yep. It's the days of the Gentile. After those days is the days of the Gentile. And he said he's... Blindness in part has happened to Israel until the day of the Gentile be fulfilled. We are living in the day of the Gentile right now. Between the promise of the covenant and when God makes it clear to Israel, when their eyes are open and they behold him whom they crucified. <clears throat> After those days, I will put my laws into their mind and I will write them into their hearts and I will be to them a God and they shall be my people. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and everyone his brother, saying, Know the Lord. For they shall all know me, from the least to the greatest. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness <clears throat> and their sins and their iniquities. Will I remember what? Get it. God said, I don't want to look at your sins anymore. Jesus paid for our sins once for all. One offering forever. In that he said, a new covenant, he hath made the first old, 
Now that which decayeth and waxes old is ready to vanish away. So we have a what? A new covenant. If any man is in Christ, he's a what? New creation. Old things are passed away and all things have become what? New. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 16. We have 50. The Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he has said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into the heart. First time it said into their minds and into their hearts. And I'll put and in their minds I will write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. There is what? No more. No more offering for sin. It's finished. So we see it's, he gives us a new heart. See, that's very important because a lot of times the problem is when he said in Ezekiel 36, I'll take away the stony heart. And what I want us to realize, that first old heart, spirit, soul, and body, when Adam and Eve sinned, they died, spirit, soul, and body. That old heart now, that old heart which God said is deceitful and desperately wicked, you know, he tried to wipe it out one time with the flood. But he found that when they came back, they still had that old heart. That's why he made the promise, I'm going to do something about this. But the old heart is a deceitful heart. It is the only way it can be tr- controlled. A stony heart, catch this, I'll take away the stony heart. Now, under the old covenant, the old heart was controlled by the law. Law written on stones. So the law was for the old heart, the old stony heart. The old law written on stones was for the what? Stone, old stony heart, the old covenant. That's why he had to give us a what? New heart and a new spirit. And in 1 Thessalonians 5, I pray your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at his presence. Spirit, soul, and body. <clears throat> and I want us to see that the heart and the soul are tied together. The seat of the inner nature, the seat of the soul is the heart. You know, it helped me for a long time. I mean, we've been sorting through all this stuff or trying to for a good while. Because your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotion. But he gives you a new heart too. So the heart really is tied to the soul. And you'll see that when I get some of these others. Well, I'll just go ahead and do it now while we're here. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The Hebrew is soul. As a man thinketh in his soul, so is he. Proverbs 28, 25. He that is proud of heart. That word heart there is soul. He that's proud of soul stirs up strife. But he that puts his trust in the Lord shall be made fat. Hosea 4, 8. They that eat the they eat up the sin of my people and they set their heart. And that word is soul. Do you see how soul and heart's tied together through the Old Testament? You, you never know really which one you're looking at. The soul or the heart. So the, the heart and the soul are one. It's where the inner emotions, your mind, your will, and, and your emotion. And he heals the broken what? Hearted. That's in your emotions. Right? And that's, that's part of that. Okay? <clears throat> Isaiah 65, 17, For behold, I create a new heaven and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered, 
nor come into your mind. That word, their mind, is heart. Proverbs 10, 13, in the lips of him that hath understanding, that word is discernment, wisdom is found, but his rod is for the back of him that's void of understanding, but that word is heart, void of heart. You know, the word heart is a, is a, a Latin word for courage. Take heart, take courage. See, the, see that, where that's coming from? Okay, Proverbs eleven twelve. <clears throat> no, I don't get that. Yeah, it is. He that is void of wisdom, that means heart, despises his neighbor, but a man of understanding holds his peace. Proverbs fifteen twenty one. Folly is joy to them that is destitute of wisdom or heart, but a man of understanding walk uprightly. Proverbs nineteen eight. He that getteth wisdom, which is the same word heart, loves his own soul. He that keepeth understanding shall find good. Amen? So you see, heart and soul are tied so much together, and it helped me to realize, you know, for a long time, I'd lead people in the exchange for a new soul, and then I said, okay, let's ask him for a new heart too. Well, they're all tied together. See, the whole soul and heart are tied together. So we got a new one. But here's the problem. The old one is, it says, I'll take away the stony heart, Here's what it means. I will set it aside. I wish he just destroyed it. How many of you wish it was just destroyed and all you had was one heart? No, but you still have that old one that's there. We have a brother that really just came to the Lord in the coffee shop, and he's been coming, and uh, he's reading his Bible now, and he said the other morning I was reading my Bible, and all of a sudden this thought popped up in my mind. And I said, Really? We got tickled, that word. We say, really? See, he recognizes the difference between what was him and what really is him. See, that's important that you know every imagination of their thoughts was on evil continually. When that pop-up comes up, you realize that's not the new one. That's the old one. So when that happens, you say, really? Come on. Don't go there. See? So it's important you know that he gives you a new heart and a new spirit. Here's the difference between the new and the old. The old covenant, the law was placed outside of men, having been written on tables of stone. The new covenant is written into your minds and written into your hearts. What is on the outside, written in stones, is the letter. 2 Corinthians 3, 6, it says, We've been made ministers, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives what? Life, life. Zoe life. Remember, Zoe life is so life. It is so life. It's your new mind, will, and emotion. But it's also Zoe life is spirit life. And it's body life because the spirit quickens your mortal body. So you're operating in a new creation. But you still have the outside things trying to affect you. But if we learn to walk in the spirit, we'll not what? Fulfill the lust of the flesh. So we go on. All right. Uh, I want to look at Ephesians. I got Ephesians 6 here written, 5 and 6. Servants be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling, in singleness of heart as unto the Lord, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Now, did you see that first part in verse 5? In singleness of heart as unto Christ, not as eye service as men servants, of Christ, but doing the will of God from your heart. 
That last word, heart, soul. See, it's the difference. Not the same one. It's soul. Soul, heart one time, soul next time. See, you can't separate them. Union, say union. So sometimes when you read heart, you've got soul. Back and forth. And so you never really know which one you're doing. Romans 8, 1 and 2, for the law of the spirit of life. Life in Christ has set me free from the law of sin and death. So you can't, as soon as we receive God's life, we have his law within us. It's the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free. As soon as we receive his life, we have the very life of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit living within us. It's the Holy Spirit that brings us this life. He is called the Spirit of life. What's the Holy Spirit called? The Spirit of life. Because he, you know, Colossians 3, what if you be risen with Christ, set your mind on things above, your mind, part of your soul, right? And when Christ, who is your life, shall appear. You don't have any life apart from Christ. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is the Spirit of life that comes in to reveal the Father and the Son to us. The word law is a singular word. It means the law. See, under the old law, you had hundreds of things you had to keep, hundreds. But in the new, it's the Spirit, the law is the law of life. The Spirit of life in Christ covers everything. And it's, it's also, uh, it's with the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the life of the Holy Spirit. So, Keep that in mind. All right. The new law operates in us automatically when you learn to just walk in the Spirit. And you don't have to worry about it. Well, you know, when we talk about heart, it's not this blood pumping thing here. Because I want you to see, it has many functions. The heart, the first one is conscience is attached to the heart. Having our heart sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Our hearts Sprinkled from an evil conscience. See, so conscience is in the heart. Okay? Now, conscience is being is awareness. But see, under the old, in the old heart, it's not necessarily good, is it? The conscience. Because it's always bringing up things you don't need to remember. Remember Isaiah 43, 18? Remember not the former things, and neither consider those things. When they pop up, just say, really? Say it, really. I want you to get it, Really? I like that. Really? That's what you're trying to pull on me? Really? All right. The conscience is attached to the heart. Having their heart sprinkled from an evil conscience. The new one is exchange. 1 John 3.20, if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts. Beloved, if our hearts condemn us not, then have we confidence towards God. See, God's greater than our hearts. Why? He just gives us a new one. It's so wonderful. Two, the mind is linked to the heart. Many times through the scriptures, Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why think you evil in your hearts? See, the heart and the mind are tied together. That's Matthew 9, 4. He knew their thoughts and why are evil. So out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth what? Speaks. Get it? So it's, the thing is, you got two hearts, a good one and a bad one. And so with the heart... Man believeth into righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made into salvation. All your old heart can do is believe for a new one. Just the same way your old spirit, you've got to believe for a new one. And one of these days, hallelujah, this body's going to be exchanged into a new one. Like into his glorious body. 
See, why, am I, why do I keep going over this? I'll tell you why. Because religion has ground in you change for so long. So long, change has just been bombarding you. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. You've got to change this. You've got to change your heart. You've got to fast. You've got to pray. You've got to do all these. And you've got to change. Change doesn't work. Exchange does. Give the old thing a decent burial, the message Bible says, and get on with your new life. Just get on. Just put it behind you and go on and live. <clears throat> you know, and I didn't understand this for years. He binds up the brokenhearted. He's, he's, he's come to, to heal the brokenhearted. Well, how does he do that, Marion? He gives you a new one. He's a creator. He doesn't remanufacture, or we do. He's a creator. He just gives you a new one. Okay, Mark 2, 6 and 8. Jesus said to them, Why reason these things in your heart? Luke 1, 5, 3. Wherefore do you questions? Why do these questions arise in your heart? Luke 24, 38. He said unto them, Why are you troubled, agitated? Why do thoughts arise in your hearts? See, we've thought all this time it's this brain. See, this brain is a member, just like these are members. This brain is programmed to learn. But your old mind and your new mind is not your brain. You with me? It just, it's tied to your heart. So, I don't know if that helped anything or not. It may confuse you more. I don't know. Matthew 13, 15, understand with your heart and you should be converted. That's when he said, I speak to them in parables because they do not understand in their hearts. If they understood in their hearts, and they, then they would be converted and I would heal them. But understanding comes from the what? The heart. That's why God said, I put my laws in your heart. I write them in your minds, both tied together. And you'll be my people and I'll be your God. And you won't need anybody to say, know the Lord. You'll all know me from the least to the greatest because God gives us a heart. What is God? God is what? Love. He gives you a heart of love. And in 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5, it says the love of God is shed abroad. That's Romans 5, 5 in our hearts. But, it, but then it says the love of God constrains me in 2 Corinthians. That word constrains keeps me from flying apart. What keeps you from flying apart? It's the love of God shed abroad in your hearts. You know, we're living in days where there's a lot of things pulling on you, trying to keep you from flying apart. Uh, But the Holy Spirit's job is to keep us from flying apart. Amen. Okay. Where'd I get to? And you remember uh, Mary, when when she heard all these things that uh, the they had told her and says she pondered them in her hearts, Luke 2.19. And Hebrews 4.12 says, The word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. There's, see, they're, they're different. Your soul and your spirit's not the same thing. And of joints and marrow, 
and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So where does thoughts come from? The heart. See how important the heart is? So the heart is that inner man that you, where your mind, will, and emotion is at. It's down here. It's not up here. You know, isn't it amazing? Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And when you pray in the Spirit, isn't it amazing that it comes from down here and not up here? You can be praying in the Spirit and be thinking about something else at the same time. That's astounding. That's astounding to me. Because it has nothing to do with your head. It comes out of your heart, out of your belly. shall flow rivers of living waters. So all these verses indicate the mind is tied to the heart. The heart is the real you. We know God is a spirit and you've got a spirit. But I'm convinced one thing, that we have been raised together with Christ and we're seated with him in heavenly places. I believe our spirit's seated with him in heaven right now. When Jesus died on the cross, what did he say? Into your hands I commend my spirit. But his soul went to hell. Scripture says, Thou will not leave my soul in hell, neither will you suffer the Holy One's body to see corruption. You there? So we are seated together with him already. Our spirits are tied with him. But where we live on earth is your soul. You're touched by everything around you, in your mind, your will, and your emotion, and your heart is where we live. So when I say that's the real you, accept the fact that you really are a spirit. But here on earth... You mainly live out of your soul and your heart. Is that clear enough? Because that's why things affect you the way I do. It says, okay. Do you see why we need to talk about this? We need some understanding. It's the real you. The heart is the soul, the mind, the will, your emotions. The will is also tied to the heart. Acts 11.23 says, with purpose of heart, they would cleave unto the Lord. Paul exhorted the new Christians that with purpose, your will to cleave to the Lord. And because there was an enemy trying to pull them away. Romans six seventeen, you have obeyed this doctrine from your heart. You've obeyed from your heart this doctrine that was presented to you. Second Corinthians 9, 7, every man as he has purposed in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly or necessity, for God loves what kind of giver? And God is able to make some grace. All grace abound towards you that you have an all sufficiency may abound unto every good work. Give me an amen. Amen. Emotions is also joined to the heart. Remember when Jacob's sons came back and told him that Joseph was still alive? It says Jacob's heart fainted within him because he didn't believe him about his son being still alive. It was tied to his emotions. Luke twenty four thirty two. Did not our hearts burn? Remember on the road to Emmaus when Jesus talked to them about all the things he had to suffer, and they went and he explained to them all the scriptures concerning himself, and they said, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? What burned? Not their head, their hearts. See it's right here. My Proverbs says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the fountains of life. Guard your heart. Keep your heart. Having these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse 
ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, and we perfect in holiness in the fear of the Lord. Keep yourself in, Jude says, the love of God. Stay there. Just abide there. You don't have to worry about it. John 14, 27, Jesus said to the disciples, Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. In my Father's house are many mansions, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place, I'll come and receive you into myself, that where I am there you may be also. Don't let your hearts. Do you think the old hearts, was he talking about the old hearts? I don't think so. He was telling them, you guard this heart. What's wonderful about it, everything Jesus had was already paid for before he ever paid for it. He's the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. You figure all that out and come explain it to me. Because there's no way you can naturally explain any of this. He healed people on credit before he ever, by his stripes, you were healed. He healed everybody that came to him on credit for what he was about to do. God, that's incredible. The woman said, you know, her son was vexed with the devil and he said, well, it's not right to give the children's bread because he didn't come for the Gentiles. He came for the Jews that rejected him. It's not right to give the children bread to dogs. Yes, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs from the master's table. He said, your daughter's whole. Many times they crossed the barriers of what wasn't theirs and got it because of his grace. Ooh, Lord, getting them again. His love never fails. All of these verses confirm emotions as tied to the heart. From this, I'd say the real you is in your heart, where your soul, your mind, and your emotions all dwell. The law of liberty has many aspects of God's grace and truth operating in our lives. Psalms 4.4, David said, Commune with your own heart upon the bed. Be still, Selah. Your heart is the real you. It is the most important part of daily living. And I want to say, Scripture says David was a man after what? God's own heart. See, this is not just a new concept that came because Jesus died on the cross to give us a new heart. David said when he sinned, he said what? Created me a clean heart? That's a new heart. And renew a right spirit within me. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. See, when Saul turned to walk away after Samuel anointed him, Scripture's real clear. It says God gave him another heart. And he was turned into another man. There you go. That's exchange. But he went back to the old heart. And saints, God will always leave you a choice to, see, to stay in the new one or go back to the old one. God will never leave. He's never from Genesis to Revelations, never left his people without a choice that they can make. Give me an Amen. Choose life. Just choose life. That's all I got to say. You don't have to go there. Proverbs 4, that's one I just said. Keep your heart with all diligence. Hebrews 3.12 says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you. Catch it. Take heed, brethren. Who's they written to? Brethren. I said, that's us. Lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. That's kind of wild, isn't it? See, that's the old heart. Paul was saying, don't choose to go back to that old heart. That evil old heart. 
Brethren, don't go there. You know, and you know, this, the scripture says, in the last day, many shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. We got all kinds of things going on today trying to pull you out of your Christianity and pull you back into the old legalistic old law heart. A lot of them. John's going to be talking about some of that next week and we all need to hear it. Because it's going around and still going around. And when you go back under just a little legalism, you're falling from grace. It's the only way you can fall from grace is to go back under law. So guard your hearts. Don't allow anybody to add something to what Christ did. You know, Paul was real clear in Romans 1. He says, if any man preach or any angel preach any other gospel than I preach to you, the gospel of grace, let him be accursed. And I say again, let him be cursed. Now, this is another gospel that's going around trying to pull you out of your place in Christ and, and tell you you got to do something else. Somebody tells you you got to do something else other than what Christ did. You better run as fast as you can. Get it? Well, we won't go there. Because Christ is the end. One sacrifice. And that other one is waxing old and decays and vanishing away. It ain't even here. But I, not only that, saints, the law was never meant for the Gentiles. You couldn't keep it if you wanted to. Neither could they. Neither could they. So don't even go there. Guard your heart. Don't let anybody put that stuff on you. Okay. This is why the great exchange is so important. God doesn't change the old spirit, soul, and body. The heart we get is a new one. You can live in the old one, but it leads to the law of sin and death. Don't go there. Let me read it again. Ezekiel 36. I'm going to start in verse 25. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and you will be clean from all your filthiness, and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart will I give you, a new spirit will I put within you. I'll take away that stony heart of law out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep them and do them. Hallelujah. Give me an amen. amen. And you can tie that into Hebrews 8 and Hebrews 10. Ezekiel 18.31 says, Cast away from you all your transgressions, all your transgressions, whereby you have transgressed against me, and make you a new heart and a new spirit. For why will you die, O house of Israel? I have no pleasure in the death of him that dies, saith the Lord of God. Wherefore, turn yourselves and live. That's prophetic, guys. He has no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked return. And that's Jeremiah 24, 5 and 7. I will give them a heart to know me that I am the Lord and they shall be my people. I'll be their God and they shall return unto me with all their heart. Why is it? Because it's his heart. It's a new heart. Psalm, that's what I said. David said, created me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. And take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Well, hallelujah. I think that's a good stopping place. That'll lead me two more pages. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. And we just ask, Lord, that right now you just... We thank you for a complete exchange. And, Lord, there's no place in our lives for change in our spirit, soul, our body. 
And Lord, we thank you that you did it all for us, and we thank you for the work you did for us, and we just received the great exchange, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.